In this episode of Hacks and Hobbies, I got to speak with Kevin Roberts, author, trainer, expert in ADHD, pioneer in treatment of cyber addiction, and the author for the book Schindler's Gift, How One Man Harnessed ADHD to Change the World. The book came out on October 16, 2018. He's been interviewed on screen addiction by BBC Radio and ABC's 2020. He's been a keynote speaker at many conferences and and a speaker all over the world talking about ADHD. Without further ado, have a listen to our conversation with Kevin J. Roberts. Welcome to a new episode of Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid Ahmed. Kevin, it's so nice to meet you. Yeah, it's nice to meet you as well. Um, sorry it took me so long here. I no apologies. This is quite a, it's been quite a disruption. Luckily, a lot of my most important data was saved, so. Oh, perfect. That's very important. Uh, data, I mean, we collect data over time and definitely important that, you know, we have backups and we get back to them because God knows all that time you spend in creating. So, um, let me tell you a little bit about my podcast. Um, it's, it's hacks and hobbies and I talk about my different hobbies and, um, I started earlier this year talking about my beekeeping and I have, um, cycling hobbies and, and many hobbies. So I just talk about these hobbies and, and lately I've been talking to other hobbyists, other professionals, other entrepreneurs and other, um, folks, professional folks like myself. And I'll figure, you know, what better, what better way to talk to them and, and get to know them than to bringing them, bringing them on onto a podcast. That way, you know, we have uh, a place where we can go back to like, Oh, Oh, what did I talk to Kevin about? And, um, it's, it's a great way to like memorialize. And I was looking at, um, your LinkedIn profile. And I was like, wow, this guy is awesome. You know, ADHD. And I I feel like that I might have ADHD or, you know, of some sort, I've never been diagnosed. So um, it would be really, you know, great to actually know it from the expert and, you know, get to know uh, what it's all about. Well, I'm happy to, I'm happy to um, provide any insight that I can. That's what I do uh, for a living. So let's get right into it. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, uh, you have a massive following on LinkedIn. And I, I, I looked through some of the videos and some of the things that you've been doing in the past for the past many, many years. So walk us through a little bit about, you know, how you got into it. Well, I got involved in um, ADHD because I found out in my mid-20s that I had ADHD. I was uh, working at a school for gifted children. And um, I developed sort of a penchant for working with gifted children who had different learning issues. And I, I noticed that a lot of the children that, I, that were being sent to me in my role as a counselor uh, were children that ended up having ADHD. And at that point in the mid-90s, I really didn't know much about it. Uh, but after four years, I decided to leave teaching yeah. 
didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. And people start, but people started calling me and they would say things like, you know, we heard you turned this kid around and you helped this kid. Can you do that for my child? And so that began a career of ADHD coaching, uh, working with young people that have this condition. Uh, it's, you know, a lot of us are creative. A lot of us are imaginative, but with those skills, we have some challenges and some liabilities, whether it be organization, mm-hmm. planning, time management, uh, persistence, or simply handling the details of life. I mean, listening to what, just, what you just explained that I'm like, wow. I have a lot of those issues myself. So going on your own and then, so you started going back and helping these additional people or you just uh, started going to schools and talking about it to get uh, uh, information or uh, helping other others? Well, I started uh, helping school children and then from there I moved into uh, working with people in college, mm-hmm. and now I have somebody in medical school, somebody who's working on a PhD. I have two firefighters. Yeah. So my mission is to help people that do suffer from ADHD mm-hmm. overcome those challenges along with finding their true talent, their mission. And so I've written a number of books on this topic. Okay. The theme of my books basically is you know, if ADHD people can configure their lives with the right set of supports and circumstances, they can be magically successful and do things that can change the world for the better. Wow. No, that's that's absolutely amazing. So what are some of these books? Because I will definitely benefit from these books because I, I believe I have some of these um, issues myself. Although, you know, I, I, I bring myself to focus on a lot of the things, a lot of the times that I'm working on. And uh, yeah, I mean, probably one of the reasons why I, why I have 100 hobbies. <laughs> well, that would be consistent, you know, with somebody who had ADHD. It doesn't mean you have ADHD. Okay, okay. But one of the things about ADHD is that a lot of us get excited at the beginning of a new idea, at the beginning of a new project mm-hmm. uh, or adventure. And we often lack the persistence and that's because of the way the brain uh, is designed. I mean, to to persist through something, Mm -hmm. you, you, one of the very important things that must be going on in your brain is you must have a supply of dopamine that will stay in the synapses of your brain and won't be sort of vacuumed up real fast. You need it. Stay there because uh-huh. you, that's a neurotransmitter that allows our nerve impulses to um, efficiently transmit. Well, in people with ADHD, we get those we get the number the requisite amount of dopamine when something is new, when something is exciting, mm-hmm. but when something becomes boring, routine, repetitive, mundane, old hat, yeah, our brains function suboptimally. So, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, can't you just persist? Can't you just, you know, uh, force yourself? Yeah. Well, you can to some extent, but what you're working against is the way your brain is constructed. And without an understanding of the way your brain is constructed, Mm -hmm. a lot of people will struggle Mm -hmm. to overcome that challenge. I mean, that totally makes sense because the more knowledge you have about something that you're facing, the better you are equipped to handle with that situation. If you're ignoring um, 
troubles and and you know just say oh oh you you just need to pray or you just need to you know do this or that that instead of uh, diagnosing the problem and and finding the proper solutions then absolutely yeah that that totally makes sense so one of the examples that i use regularly and now i just have a, a, a book brought out about it yeah oscar schindler and oscar schindler was a man who saved 1,200 Jewish people during the Holocaust. Wow. Um, he failed. Steven Spielberg made a movie about him, Schindler's, Schindler's List. Schindler's List. Oh. Oscar Schindler failed at just about everything he did before World War II, mm. and everything he did after. But during World War II, this magical alchemy worked in his life. And so what I've done with it, the book that I wrote is called Schindler's Gift, uh-huh. How One Man Harnessed ADHD to Change the World. And mm. it's rooted in my belief, my overwhelmingly, uh, my overwhelming belief, one that I have extensively researched over a decade, that uh-huh. did have ADHD. He did have a lot of the challenges that ADHD people suffer with, including yeah. a, a mood issue. Mm-hmm. And yet during World War II, he had a combination of circumstances and support and a sense of mission that drove his purpose, that drove him to succeed. I had no idea, you know, about this. I mean, this is this is new. I mean, I never got to see the movie Schindler's List, uh, mainly because um, around the time that it came out, I was in a different country. I mean, I grew up in a different country. Did you grow up in Iran? I, I actually grew up in Saudi Arabia. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, very interesting. Boy, what a what a what a culture difference. It is. It's it is. So, uh, I, oh, but you want to know something interesting about yes, Saudi Arabia? Absolutely. They have a high Saudi Arabia has a higher incidence of ADHD than than most other countries. It's wow. Very, yeah, in fact, I've been at conferences where I have been approached by Saudi folks who wanted me to come to Saudi Arabia and speak. I, I've never managed to make that happen, uh-huh. but I had the the idea has been bandied about. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I so I grew up in Saudi um, from age seven to nineteen, and then I came to the states. And, um, so, you know, it, it feels like it was a change of, uh, you know, culturally very different countries, right? Um, growing up, we didn't have cinema or theater and, um, I didn't, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know any difference. So I was like, you know, I guess that's the norm. But when I came here, then now I see, and I see the contrast difference, but it didn't affect me as much because, uh, even when I was here in the States, you know, I, I was surrounded by a lot of family members, right? So I didn't have to, you know, go it alone kind of thing. I mean, a lot, a lot of times you, you hear these immigrant stories and they had to start over because they either didn't have the support system or they didn't have the, you know, the family structure uh, to give them the support and, you know, mentorship and stuff. So that's something, you know, I, I didn't feel a lot of... Uh, difference in in that uh coming over here but you know over time you see you see the differences and like okay and uh i'm always looking for the bright side in things you know what, what the grass is greener on the other side or or basically the good good in everybody so maybe i didn't notice it or didn't pay attention to that part of uh life growing up over here but as i grow older you know i I wrote this article like advice i would give to my 20 year old self around the time when i came here 
I was like, you know, um, you got to follow your passion. And um, now I, now I look at back at that and, and I think about it. I think about that and I say, you know, if I had the proper mentors, the proper support system that would, you know, be in line with what I wanted to do, it's never going to be the case, but maybe I would end up differently, but you know, I have no, no regrets whatsoever. Well, you know, one, so people ask me, well, you know, Kevin, if, if you think that Oscar Schindler had ADHD, how, how on earth could he have done what he did? And it gets Mm -hmm. very much, uh, Junaid to what the point that you're making. Yeah. He had several factors. First of all, he found something that roused his brain. Mm Mm-hmm. Saving human lives. That's a big one. That's what turned him on. And he had the courage and the risk-taking, uh, uh, the underlying risking, risk-taking nature that allowed him to feel comfortable in that setting of intensity yeah. and of horror. And, and he found his mission saving human lives. But he also had a number of other factors. He had support. Oh, yeah. He had some of the finest businessmen in Krakow who just happened to be Jewish slave. Um, we've lost Kevin. I think he might have had some problem with his computer. He was uh, telling me earlier. So Oscar Schindler, you know, to get back, we were talking about he had yeah. uh, that sense of mission. Mm-hmm. He had the underlying sort of impulsive and risk-taking nature, which is part and parcel of ADHD. Ah, uh, risk-taking. Yeah, without without a person who, was will, who enjoyed taking risks. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have been able to save the people that he saved. Wow, that's amazing. Okay. You know, to clarify, basically, you know, during the the, the Holocaust, yeah. the, the Nazis killed a lot of Jewish people, but they also Jew- used Jewish slave labor. Oh, okay. So Oscar Schindler had a factory in Krakow, Poland, mm-hmm. and he employed Jewish people to work in his factory. They were slave laborers. Got it. But most factory owners didn't really care too much about their workers, Yeah. but he did. And so he treated his workers humanely. Mm-hmm. And when he started to realize that when the Jewish folks were being deported, yeah. that they were actually being sent to their deaths. Oh, wow. So this is when in the summer of 1942, when he learned about this, this is when he began to increase his efforts to keep his workers safe. And eventually he bribed dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of Nazi officials to move his factory when they were, because the not the Germans were going to shut it down because yeah. the Soviets were getting too close to Poland, and wow. instead of just letting his workers be shipped off to Auschwitz and murdered like mm. so many millions of others, yeah, he at at his personal expense and with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of German marks, he bribed Nazi officials to let him save his workers, and so twelve hundred people. Wow. Um, were alive at the end of the war who would most assuredly have been murdered. But see, in order to do that, he risked his own life because anybody saving Jews could have at the very least been sent to a concentration camp. Yeah. But he was a master of deception. He was a master manipulator. And these are skills that we often see in ADHDers because when you, if you're an ADHD person, Junaid, uh-huh. and you, you're in school yeah. and you get a finger pointed and you get yelled at, you learn a lot of us 
me included, we learn to lie. We learn to deflect. We learn to make up stories. Well, Arthur Schindler, that happened to him. But during World War II, these capacities honed in school became uh, gifts that he used in the service of saving human lives. That is is just amazing. I mean... Wow, I need to go see this movie. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would strongly recommend. Yeah, uh, watching the movie. It is a. It is an absolute masterpiece. Yeah, and if you want to learn the the story of the psychological makeup of Oscar Schindler, uh, you can go to Amazon.com and put in Schindler's Gift, and that and you. you I'm already ahead of you. Okay, I've got it in my basket. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. I. Yes. I've spent about 10 years doing the research for this book. Wow. I've been to Poland uh, a dozen times. Mm-hmm. I've been to the I've been to the Czech Republic several times. Yeah. Um and the book itself is not a dry history but it's written in a very narrative style that I think is pretty easy to read. Okay. So it's a good way to learn the Schindler saga. And I certainly recommend the movie is being re-released on December 7th. Oh really? Okay. And I certainly recommend going to see it in the theater much more powerful. No, absolutely. It totally makes a difference how you watch the movie. And oh man, this is this is really amazing. I mean, I mean I was told about ADHD and, and and I just never, you know, paid attention. Like maybe I need to <laughs> take a look at that. But a lot of the things that you're mentioning, you know, I mean, I, I think my son might have it, you know, and he might have gotten it for me. I don't know. Um, but um, I see a lot of things. I mean, he's getting yelled at by both of us, myself and my wife. And I see those deflections, you know, I see those things happening. So, well, and they happen automatically, you know, Oscar Schindler. Okay. Um, you know, mm-hmm. w- people who are sort of professionals in the field and, you know, who regularly encounter ADHD. Yeah. They, they, when I make this case to them, they'll often say, well, what do you know about his school years? Well, sure. Oscar Schindler hated school. Mm-hmm. He lied in school. Yeah. He was kicked out of school for cheating when he was 16. And that's something that a lot of ADHD people do. We, we, we often are really bored mm-hmm. with, and not engaged yeah. by the way that school is taught. And some of us will turn to cheating. Mm-hmm. And Oscar Schindler was called Schindler the Swindler uh. because of the, these tendencies. And he also, because he was a risk taker, mm-hmm. one who needed intensity to feel fully alive, he raced motorcycles. Okay. He was an automobile racer, mm-hmm. and he did work uh, for several years as a spy. Because that's uh, th- these are very intense, even adventurous pursuits, and that's what he needed to feel fully alive. No, absolutely, that is so true. So, do you think hobbies help with um, ADHD issues, or? or- can they? I mean, because I'm a, I'm a strong believer of having hobbies and, you know, engaging your mind in different ways than you might have imagined. And, and so is this one way to deal with something like this or? Well, I have to have a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the reasons I messaged you and wanted to talk about your show because yeah. Um, yeah. I um, I get bored, mm-hmm. you know, even like, you know, I, I work with kids now and young adults and, yeah. and some adults and, you know, my work is very meaningful and mm-hmm. I, I help people every day, Absolutely. but I also get bored doing the same kinds of things. And so I have to have hobbies and, you know, we're talking about my book. Yeah. I started writing as a hobby. Oh, wow. And this is, this is Schindler's gift. 
Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> I, you know, that wasn't my, that's not my first book, but my first sure. book was a hobby. I just like, oh, what the heck? I'll just, you know, I'll start writing and it, yeah. it turned into something else. So I think that some of us hunger and long for a deeper experience of life and, and, and deeper meaning. Oh, absolutely. And I think a hobby you know, finding something to, to, to through which to channel your passion, it, it is a really important thing for those of us yeah. who might, you know, maybe we feel bored, you know, in our life. Maybe we don't feel challenged. Yeah. Um, I, I think a hobby is a way to turn that situation around. And I wholeheartedly support it. And by the way, yeah, you know, um, when I filled out the form that you asked me to fill out to be on the show, you asked yeah. me, what is one hobby I'd like to pursue? And I put yeah, play yeah, the yeah. piano, but you know, the real uh, truth is mm-hmm. I, I don't have the time to do it right now, but I'd love to be a beekeeper. Oh my God. You, you know, beekeeping is so amazing. And, and it's, it's mind calming because you're sitting there watching these bees come in and go out and then you'll see there as soon as they land on the front board you see them do a little dance and then you'll see some other bees just hanging upside down and they're walking like backwards up basically telling other bees hey you you'll go find pollen over here or you'll go find nectar over here so there it's it's really amazing and and uh i got into it because uh my son has allergies seasonal allergies as well as uh, food allergies and we heard from one of the allergists that you know, if you have local honey, it helps a lot with the seasonal allergies. So I was like, all right, that's, that was my mission. Okay, I'm going to get to that point where I can be a beekeeper. So finally this year, I pulled the trigger and uh, I took a class and I learned all about them and um, eventually got the beekeep, you know, beehives and set up. So I'm, I'm hoping to harvest a lot of honey next year in spring um, that's that's basically around the time where you har- harvest, you know, honey. And bees basically, um, they have a six-week life span. The worker bees, the queen bee, might live uh, a lot longer, but um, they're basically collecting honey so they can survive the winter. Yeah, well, I've always found bees fascinating, yeah. and I'm one of those people mm-hmm. that bees seem to be drawn to. You know, if I'm outside with five people, yeah. I'm the one that the bees will uh, go toward, and I just <laughs> let them land on me. And the okay. only time I've been stung in my life by yeah. a bee uh-huh. was when I got in my car and there had been a window open in the oh. summer. There must have been a bee on my seat that I slammed into when I sat down. Oh, okay. But other than that, they don't sting me. Nice. So just hang out, hang around you. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. One uh, one of the things that accelerated into me becoming a beekeeper was um, – this uh, company out in Australia developing this uh, thing called Flow Hive, and it it helps with the extraction of honey so much easier because you don't need to. Yeah, I've heard about this. Yes, I have heard about yeah, this. Yeah, you just put you put your honey jar right under the spout, and you know honey just flows out. Yeah, that's really wonderful. I you know one of these days. Um, yeah. You know when I have some more time. I mean, right now I'm. You know, I'm busy with, mm-hmm. you know, writing and then, you know, doing stuff like what I, you know, talking to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do this a lot because I want to get the word out on my books and that's almost a full-time job in and of itself. Oh, absolutely. So, um, you know, but at, maybe when I, when I'm in my retirement years, I'll, uh, I'll keep some bees and, uh, cause I do love it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the first step to get to it is to um, contact your local beekeepers. I'm sure there's a local beekeeper club uh, where you live. There is actually. I've I, I I'm I'm in touch with one of the members just because he, had, okay. he was a friend of mine already. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So uh, and and after I started keeping, I've I've been hearing from other folks around me, like my neighbors. Neighbor reached out to me. She's like, "Yeah, I I totally want to keep bees as well." And um, some of the some of the den leaders in the Cub Scouts that were in, they're like. We absolutely want to be beekeepers as well. You know, what do we, where do we start? How do we get get into it? But uh, I absolutely love talking to you. I mean, this uh, ADHD and the books and the stories of uh, Schindler—it's just amazing. Uh, I had, you know, there's—I was thinking to myself, telling myself, you know, the world is way much, you know, way bigger than we uh, become comfortable in it, and it's necessary to reach out to people and reach out to individuals that are doing work in areas that I had no idea about, right? And uh, so this is this is amazing. Thank you so much for reaching out. Well, it's my pleasure. And, uh, you know, I'd love to chat again. Absolutely. You, you need a guest at the last minute or something, don't hesitate to give me a call. Perfect. I mean, and I just want to say, you know, I really love your perspective on hobbies being helpers because – and. Um, I jump through hobbies because, like you said, you know, when you first get into something brand new, you know, you have that, uh, those, those, um, those chemicals, those dopamine just rising up, you know, you're in this higher state of understanding things and you just basically dig right in and, and, uh, and I feel a lot of that, but, um, with this podcasting hobby, I've been consistent because I get to talk to a lot of new people. So, you know, that the persistence plus uh, hobby keeping, they all come together. So where can people reach you? Uh, people want to talk to me. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, my website is www.kevinjroberts.net. Don't forget the J, okay. Kevin J. Roberts. Dot and net. it's not .com. It's dot dot .net. Okay. And, uh, they people can contact me through my website. My direct email is Kevin at KevinJRoberts.net. Kevin at KevinJRoberts.net. Perfect. This was this was really awesome talking with you. And uh, I'll definitely reach out and you know talk more with you because I in, I mean I enjoyed our conversation and learning more about um, ADHD. And the other one more thing that I wanted to, you know, touch upon was uh, cyber addiction. And I see a lot of that in, in little kids when, you know, they, they want to be in front of those screens and those laptops or, or tablets and phones. And a lot of people I've seen, you know, they'll just hand over their smartphone because they don't want their kid to, you know, be screaming. And it's, it, they, it's, it all starts as a pacifier, right? And then it becomes much more than that. Well, and you know, one of the things that I am concerned about that relates to your focus on hobbies. Yeah. And and I, you know, I my first two books were on cyber addiction, screen addiction, mm -hmm. is that a lot mm -hmm. of us, you know, we, we screens and computers and our phones, these are very easy. Yeah. And convenient tools to pursue entertainment, but in the long run, they're ultimately not that fulfilling. Mm -mm. 
And I'm not sure that they lead to expanding us as human beings. Absolutely. And so I strongly encourage families to pursue common interests and activities mm -hmm. that do not involve the screen yeah. because I think it helps to lead to a healthier and more balanced life. And I think that what, you know, when we have families sitting at a dinner table, people using their phones, it distracts from, you know, building connection, maintaining connection, yeah. wiring our brains to be interacting and interconnected to other people. So, yeah. um, you know, my first book on that subject was called Cyber Junkie Escape the Gaming and Internet Trap. Okay. And then my second one is called Get Off That Game Now, the Healthy, uh, the Essential Family Guide to Healthy Screen Behavior. And, you know, both of those are geared towards helping people achieve balance. You know, if you're going to have a hobby... Yeah nowadays gosh darn it you know try to do it away from the screen yes. try to have it be something that you know gets you involved interacting with other people absolutely. or in the case of beekeeping mm -hmm. interacting with the natural world oh yeah absolutely because uh, you're out there you know hours on end and you get a phone call it's like are you done with the beekeeping <laughs> can you come in and help me um yeah absolutely so where can my listeners uh pick up this podcast absolutely so um the podcast is available on all of the platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, and I'm working on getting it on iHeartRadio as well. And um, it's called HacksandHobbies.com, or you can look up Hacks and Hobbies on, on Facebook, as well as um, Apple Podcast and Google. So it's available on, on most platforms. All right. Well, sounds great, Junaid. It's been a pleasure talking with you, and uh, I look forward to connecting again in the future. Absolutely. It was great talking with you, Kevin. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Take care.